It's teaching the elements of topic-based organization of fact that then will be useful in the longer compositions. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Andrew, we're getting ready to turn the page of the calendar from October to November. Do you know what that means? It's going to get cooler. In some places, yes. Yes. And maybe even snow and all the wonderful fall smells. But no, really what that means for us is we're getting ready to start into Unit Unit 4. Unit 4. Hooray, hooray. If you're doing a a one-a-month schedule, it's time to leave behind the frivolity of the story sequence chart and move into summarizing a reference. Now, for you, that means yay. For me, that means oh, I'm sad. (laughs) So before we go into unit four, which is summarizing a reference, let's just start with what's a unit? Well, to the best of my understanding, a unit would be a single thing that could also be part of a larger group of things. So we have nine units Mm -hmm. that make up the structural models, Mm. and those are then named uh, by number as well as by description. Right. People who are familiar with our system know that we start generally in the beginning of the school year with unit one and two, taking keywords from each sentence in a short source text, which is at or below the reading level of the student telling back the content from those keywords, and then writing out sentences from those keywords. So it's kind of like a a straight across thing, Mm -hmm. right? You start with seven sentences, you're probably going to end with seven sentences. Mm -hmm. It's it's not really even summarizing so much as it's just retelling that information. But it's teaching the important skills of working with keywords, limiting to some degree, and building just fluency of getting words and ideas into sentences on paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Unit three is different. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a single idea that is distinctly different from the idea of units one and two and unit four. So unit three, rather than looking on the paper, looking in the source text for the keywords and copying them, instead we take the story, we stuff it into the mind, we be sure we're familiar with it, define words, talk about a little bit, and then we pull it out by asking the questions that coordinate with the story sequence chart. Right. So we're getting a keyword outline, only it's different because the keywords come from a different place. Okay. Rather than from the paper to the paper, they come from our mind, from our memory and understanding of the story onto the paper. Great. So now we shift back. Okay. Unit four, different. Okay. So how is a unit four different? Well, first of all, we're 
back into the world of facts. So summarizing a reference, writing reports. Essentially, in Unit 3, we were in this world of narrative stories, and we tend to give the kids an opportunity to elaborate, to play with it, and not worry too much about whether their version of the story was factually matching the original version of the story. And and so that we can get away with that, we like to use fables, myths, fairy tales, legends, things that everybody's been retelling and changing forever and ever. Mm -hmm. But in Unit 4 now, summarizing a reference, uh, we're going to have a few key ideas that we introduce and practice, and accuracy of information becomes important once again. Right. Okay, so... <clears throat> What kind of source texts are we looking for? Well, you're looking for following the basic guideline. You want source texts to be at or preferably below okay. the reading level of the students. The source texts should have more facts than you want to end up with. Oh, okay. Right? So that's part of the exercise is limiting the number of facts. So if you start with a source text with 10 facts and you want to end up with a paragraph that has seven of those ten facts, that's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. You just figure out which three statements to ignore. If you have 20 facts and you want to end with seven, that's harder. Right. Now you're wrestling, well, what's important, what's interesting, how do I decide, how I don't know what I should put in. That's mm -hmm. a lot harder task. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one aspect of the source text. The other variable is the number of topics. Okay. So this is where we also get into the idea where there's a subject, and that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. So the subject would be the big thing. For example, you could have the subject of Oklahoma. Yes. Right? Then you would look for uh, aspects of, divisions of, things about, topics pertaining to Oklahoma. Okay. So you might talk about the economy, okay, or you might talk about the agriculture. Right. Those would be very connected. Or you might talk about the parks and attractions mm -hmm. that we have here. <laughs> very few. Very few. <laughs> but we do have enough that yes, you could write something. You, yes, the Will we Rogers Museum, for example. See, both you and I are from California, so we're yeah, used to The word attraction more. has a little different <laughs> magnitude there. Or you could talk about the government structure mm -hmm. of Oklahoma. So, you know, you, things you would probably find in encyclopedia, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So at this point, then, we can choose a source text or create one that has more than one topic. Okay. So then the students learn, okay, you collect up a certain number of facts about this topic, and you collect up a certain number of facts about a second or maybe even a third topic. Generally, unit four assignments are going to be one, two, or three topics. Okay. Because of one, two, or three topics equals one, two, or three paragraphs. Exactly. And once you have more than three topics, then you kind of feel you need to get into that world of having an introduction and a conclusion okay. and all that. One thing that's very important, I like to remind people about unit four, this is a building block. This is a step in a process. This is not the finished product. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about whether, you know, this is something you would hang up on the wall as a display of a great piece of writing. It's teaching the elements of topic 
fact-based organization of facts that then will be useful mm-hmm. in Unit 8 and the longer compositions. So that's important, too. Right. So I've also heard you call Unit 4 the linchpin of the structural models. Why is that? Well, I think linchpin means the one you have to have in place for everything else to work. Right. We might also think of it as the one that if you're missing, everything doesn't sit as well. Well, everything will fall apart. Might crumble down. So, yes, it's critical, I think, for students to get a good, strong understanding of the topic clincher paragraph and the process of limiting the facts. Mm-hmm. The, the model is fairly simple. Mm-hmm. And we teach the rule, mm-hmm. right? And, and with the younger kids, I, well, sometimes even with the older kids, I will force them to memorize it, right? right. So for homework, you have to memorize this rule, yep. practice it up, be able to say it in three seconds or less to get in the door next time. Right. right? And the rule is? Hands in the air. All right, everybody, put your hands up in the air. If you know this rule, do it with us. The, the topic, topic sentence, sentence and the, the clincher sentence. sentence. Now you make a fist. Must repeat or reflect two or three key words. Good yes. job. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes older kids feel a little bit silly. But uh, actually, anytime you put gestures mm-hmm. with things you're trying to learn and memorize, you'll remember them more easily or accurately. Right. So we teach this in Unit 4 because this is the first time that we're actually talking about topics. Right. Topic sentence uh, is the, generally, we, we would say, until we introduce some exceptions, the first sentence in the paragraph. Mm-hmm. It should be at the top mm-hmm. because it's the, the topic. topic. <laughs> no, the word topic is actually derived from the Greek topoi, meaning place. Mm. It's where we get the word topographical, mm-hmm. like a map. And uh, it's also used as referring to the common topics of Aristotle, which were the tools of invention. But you can kind of understand it's the places you would go, either physically or in your mind. So if your subject was your kitchen, your topics could be very topical. They could be very geographic. Right. Right. There could be the counters, the dishwasher, the refrigerator, the Mm -hmm. under the sink where Mm -hmm. the trash falls out of the trash can and the cockroaches live, you know. So you could go to different places, but you could also take an abstract and do the same thing. Right. right? So you could research something such as the Constitutional Convention, and then you would look for not the physical places, but what are the elements, what are the aspects, what are the divisions Mm -hmm. of that thing. So... In the beginning, we want to kind of provide students with materials that are pre-organized right. by topic. So here's your first topic and seven to maybe 15, 20 facts. Here's another topic on that same subject. Here's seven to 20 facts. You're going to identify those two topics, choose a maximum of seven for each one, and then write two paragraphs summarizing that source material. So if I were a teacher in a class, and let's say back to our subject of Oklahoma, we're studying Oklahoma in my class, I want to provide my students with a source text. This is not something that they're just come up, coming up with out of their mind. Right. There's a source text, and I'm going to choose perhaps one topic mm-hmm. 
so one paragraph that's pretty beefy that has maybe 10 to 15 facts. Well, it could, it could be more than one paragraph if it's all under one topic. Okay. So if the topic were natural features okay, great. of Oklahoma, right? you might get a source text that says natural features of Oklahoma, mm. but then it's got lakes, rivers, hills. The red dirt. Red dirt, right. Mm -hmm. So then you might have, you know, 20 facts mm -hmm. divided into three or four sections as a, say, an encyclopedic type of reference might right. have. So it all depends on how do you define the topic. I see. So subject is Oklahoma. Right. Topic is geographical features. Okay, students, give me a paragraph of how many sentences should the paragraph right. be. Right. And we don't usually say sentences, but we will say number of details. Okay, great. Right. So our topic lyncher paragraph model usually has the Roman numeral, the word topic, and then a certain number. So usually with the elementary, I'll go four or five. Facts. Middle school, five details. or six. Mm -hmm. High school, six, seven, maybe eight. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we just call them facts or, mm -hmm. de or details. Mm -hmm. And that causes, that forces them to limit. That means they have to make a choice. I can't tell everything there is to tell. I have to choose. Mm -hmm. And then the big question, how do you choose? How do you choose? <laughs> how do you choose? Well, you choose what you like. That's what I suggest mm -hmm. is, you know, have the students choose what they believe is interesting. What what are the most interesting things about mm -hmm. this animal or this place or this event or this person or whatever? Mm -hmm. If something's really important, you might as well just kind of tell them, hey, that's important. Be sure you put it in. So that's one of your details is the fact that Oklahoma has red dirt. You can talk about anything else you want, but I, I want to be sure you include this particular Yeah, if you care about red dirt. I personally don't. But. Well, it's <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> yeah, but Colorado's got like red sand dunes. That's... <laughs> but I'm the teacher, and I can tell my students this is what's important, so at least include this detail. Right. But anything else you get to choose as interesting. Is, is free. That's and, nice. And so that's where, you know, Webster kind of was after me for years, which is you know, Webster's edict, mm -hmm. hands-on structure and style, hands-off content. Okay. Right? So follow my rules, follow the model, follow the checklist, and within the parameters of that, you can write about anything you want. Right. And I'm not going to judge your choice of what you choose to tell me about that. So I can choose whether or not to follow Webster's edict? No, because... no, you have to follow Webster's edict. Okay, so... You can just choose red dirt or not. Okay, got it. <laughs> As the teacher, I want to have hands-off content, though, and let the students choose. Right. And it, it makes it more engaging for them, too. Sure. You know, I remember being in school and writing my reports. Mm -hmm. We were about the same time. Mm -hmm. And so we probably used about the same method. Mm -hmm. Go to the encyclopedia, look up whatever you're going to write a report on. The children's encyclopedia, because that way you could get away with copying. And they knew that you didn't make it up yourself. Oh, I didn't have one of those. Oh. I was stuck with the world book. <laughs> anyway, you read till you find a pretty good sentence, copy the sentence, but change a couple words, right? right? Read, copy another sentence, change a couple words, read, copy, change, read, copy, change, read, copy, change until you have enough. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing this, I had two distinct thoughts. Thought number one, what I am doing here is probably illegal because the teacher always said, don't copy from the encyclopedia, <laughs> put it in your own words. But how do you do that when you're a kid? 
Right. I mean, I, I didn't own any words. Right. Besides, the encyclopedia already got the good ones. Right, you know? right. So I think a lot of people look back and there's that angst. The system actually wasn't so bad mm-hmm. if we just switched it. Mm-hmm. So rather than copy a whole sentence, change a couple words, what do we do? Copy a few words and then change. work on changing whole sentences with the stylistic techniques. Right. Mm-hmm. We actually have the anti-plagiarism solution here. Exactly right. Yeah. But the other distinct thought I had was, you know, this is really stupid. If anyone <laughs> actually wanted to know about Japan, they should just read this encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Why make me copy this? I'm not going to do any better than it. So the context just wasn't there for it to be a meaningful activity. And the meaning that I got was, hey, I got an A. That makes everybody happy. Right. But. If the teacher had kind of phrased it differently, said, you know, there's so many things about Japan. I'm curious to know what you think is interesting. Mm. Oh, well, now that's a different task, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Right. The teacher wants to know what I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll go look for stuff that I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I'll present that. And there's a, there's a, a reason. There's more of a purpose to that. But the teacher has to be very careful. I mean, if if I'm the teacher, I can't say to you, you're free to tell me whatever you want to tell me that you think is interesting about Oklahoma. Right. Right? And then criticize you for what you told me. Right. Right? Because Mm -hmm. I said, you tell me what you think is interesting. Interesting is safe. Mm -hmm. You can't be wrong. Right. Right? I mean, what's interesting to you? Okay, well might be different for her, might be different for me, mm-hmm. but I can't say you're wrong. Whereas if I said to you, well, you tell me what's most important right. about something. Well, how do you know? Right. You, mm-hmm. you may know, you may not know, you may think you know, you might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher said, no, this isn't really that important. You should have picked this thing. Right. Then you, you fall into not being happy anymore. So looking at the process now, I've got my source text. It's multiple paragraphs about the Well, it could be. It doesn't have to be, but okay. could be. could be. But it has more facts right. than you need. Right. And it, it may or may not have more than one topical division. Okay. So if my assignment is one paragraph, I'm the teacher. So my students are choosing, their middle school students, six or seven interesting details. Right. That they're creating a keyword outline. Mm-hmm. They have their... Roman numeral one, which means it's the topic. The topic is Oklahoma geographical features, something like that. Yep. And then some details and then the clincher. The clincher. And then I'm good to go and I can write my paragraph. Right. Yeah. And that, from there on, it's all downhill, really. Cause Super easy. you've been doing that. Yep. Yep. Uh, one thing I do like to clarify is... I've seen some teachers, especially some of the Canadians I worked with early on, they would have the kids put next to clincher. They would put clincher, colon, Oklahoma natural features. Oh, so you'd actually repeat, repeat yeah. the same words in the but topic? But I found that to be a little bit limiting. It promoted kind of a, a redundancy that was mm-hmm. easily criticized mm-hmm. and a little bit inhibiting. So... I dropped that off, and I just said, you know, put the word clincher. Okay, you wrote the topic sentence. When you get to the last sentence, read your topic sentence, try to find 
two or three words that you can now work into that last sentence. That seems to work pretty well for me in most cases, but I have talked to teachers who have said kids just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So if you need to, right, if you need to teach this t- clincher sentence in a super concrete, obvious, in-your-face way, this works. Just have them rewrite the topic sentence and get a thesaurus or something and change a few words. Change a few words. And, and it works. It's yeah. really interesting. It, and that models very, very tightly. Then once they get that, habit, concept, solid, Mm -hmm. then you could say, now, you don't actually have to do that anymore. All you have to do is find two or three words that you can connect up. So you can, you know, with that topic clincher modeling, you can do it as tightly or as loosely as you need to. Obviously, being a little more flexible gives the kids a little bit more freedom to, to fit it together without repeating Exactly. Okay, so pretty simple, right? Most of our listeners could do this pretty easily, especially if they've gone through our teaching, writing, structure, and style video course. Right, yeah. Here's a couple questions for you. Mm -hmm. Because we're now getting into interesting, important, maybe relevant facts, details, can I include more than three keywords in my keyword outline per detail? Well, the... Dogmatic answer is no. Okay. (laughs) But the pastoral answer is, well, let's see. You've got symbols, numbers, abbreviations. Those are all free. Mm -hmm. And it's important to note that a sentence in a source text might contain two different facts. Oh, interesting. Okay. So a compound sentence might have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight words that give you one idea, mm-hmm. a conjunction, and then another six, seven, eight, nine words that give you another idea. So that sentence is actually two okay. facts. So it could be broken. So you could take you know, three words from the first fact and three words from the second fact, even though it's one sentence in the original. So that gives a little more flexibility in, in terms of being accurate because some students do get a little bit anxious. Oh, no, if I only have three key words, how am I going to be accurate? Right. And we don't like it when we read student writing that has completely changed the fact. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, because this is a unit four, which is supposed to be Summarizing honest. a reference. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about rearranging the facts in an outline. Can I do I have to write straight from the outline or can I kind of move things around a little bit? No, I'm very free. The idea is you make the outline and kind of organizationally that's almost a rough draft. And then if as you're writing mm-hmm. you say, oh, wait a minute, this fact down here would better go with this thing I'm writing right now. Mm-hmm. And just reorganize on the fly. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly okay. We actually did that in the unit four demonstration on kinds of elephants. Oh, okay, right, right, mm-hmm. where we had the the elephants' size of the ears, mm-hmm. and then the tusk differences, and we took them in the sequential order they came. But when you write it out, you're like, oh, it would make more sense to put the two ear thingies together and the two tusk thingies together. (laughs) So showing that. So Mm -hmm. never do I compare an outline 
with a composition mm. and criticize the fact that they're different. Right. Because if you're a thinking person, you mm. might see all sorts of chances to reorganize, improve, make it a little more logical. Right. Good. Okay. By this time, the students have learned a few dress-up techniques. Maybe they're a second-year student. They've learned quite a few. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend that the students write out the whole paragraph and then try to put in the stylistic mm. techniques or yes. the other way around? We, we get that question a lot, mm -hmm. don't we? Mm -hmm. And I would say usually the cause of that question is either an adult saying, this is the way I would prefer to do this based on the way I've been doing things for decades. Right. Or it's the result of a kid feeling overwhelmed. Hmm. Do I have to think about all this? Can I just write can I just write it and then worry about the dress ups? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that is a case where you perhaps have taught too much too fast. Okay. So if a student ever says that, I would usually say, Well, maybe this is just too many. Let's cut off a couple things from your checklist. Go back to what's easy. Mm -hmm. So following the easy plus one rule. But it's really, it isn't a yes or no answer because as you're writing, if you've been doing LY adverb in every paragraph for a month or two months or 14 months or four years, <laughs> right. right, gradually you're going to start to see, oh, this is a great spot. I'll put an LY word right here and get it done. Oh, boy, look at that. I put another one, didn't even have to, right? Right. Okay, I'll underline one of those, boom, check, I'm done. I didn't even have to try. Right. Right, because it, it becomes a more of a habit of seeing a chance, doing it, and knowing you've done it. Right. And, and if you're introducing the stylistic techniques slowly over time, that happens with all of those. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, here's two facts. There's a relationship between these. That's a because clause. I can just see it right there. Okay, boom, 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 because, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Okay, boom, because, got it. Right. Now, if you get to the end of the paragraph and you say, hmm, well, I got four things hardly without trying, but I need this quality adjective here. Okay, I better go find one. Okay, maybe you did a quality adjective, but you didn't notice it when you did it. So like, aha, I'll count that one. Or maybe you say, no, I don't really see any word that would qualify. So I'm going to have to find a weak, lame, lousy adjective and create a substitute. Or maybe, it's possible, I've seen this, someone wrote a whole paragraph without a single adjective. Wow. It's possible. Sure. Okay. Well, in that case, you go back and say, okay, I got to find a noun. Oh, right. right. Now, if I could find a noun, I could probably think of an adjective to go with it. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's a process you can go through. But it isn't that you should either be sure you get them all in on the first go of it. Or ignore it completely and worry about it later. Right. It's it's always in the middle where you're gradually seeing more and more, oh, I did that. Oh, I could do this here. Oh, I got that. Okay, it works. And then after a few years, you can just almost go into autopilot. Right. It's like turn on the dress-up machine and boom, they're all right. there. And then you can turn off the dress-up machine and go back to email ease. Great, great. Well, we are out of time, so I did want to share with our listeners a few other resources you could look to if you wanted more help teaching Unit 4, summarizing. I am thinking about your little summarize yeah. talk that you've done on webinars, so we'll put a link 
in our show notes to a webinar that you've done, Andrew, on a Unit 4. But also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our premium subscription has many resources that come with the premium subscription, including the streaming of Disc 4, which is where you describe all of Unit 4, yep. from soup to nuts. And how to correctly spell summarize. And how to correctly spell and, summarize. And uh, we should mention that one of the great things about this new TWSS, the the version 2, mm-hmm. uh, is it has so many more student samples. Yes. So you can really see at all levels how that topic clincher paragraph works. Right. And the magnum opus magazine. Right. That's another also, great resource. we have uh, samples every... Year, every month. So, yes, this month we'll be talking in the Magnum Opus. We'll be focusing on Unit 4. There's a newsletter coming out that will be emailed actually tomorrow. This podcast usually comes out on Wednesdays. And following a unit podcast, you can get several samples of student writing doing Unit 4. From Magnum Opus Magazine. From magnumopusmagazine.com. All right. Subscribe to it. So, lots of help. We don't want to leave you... In a lurch, especially when we're talking about the linchpin unit, unit yes. four, summarizing and references. And the only mistake you can make is not try. Not trying, yes. I right. mean, just jump in, do it, and it'll come out in the wash. And then next month we get to go to one of my favorite units, <laughs> unit five. <laughs> gonna, I'll let you do it. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> Talk to you then. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.